Hello again, and welcome to a Planet Beyond Shortcast. Today, I'm talking to Paul Laurie. Paul is a pro golfer with 19 professional wins to his name. In this shortcast, we're going to talk about how he developed his own skills. Now, he was a latecomer to the game, and the work that he has been doing with his foundation to help young people build their own careers in golf. Recently, Fugro sponsored a golf clinic for girls, working with Paul's foundation and another successful Scottish pro golfer, Kylie Henry. Now, in our next full episode, we'll be talking to Kylie, many of those young golfers and indeed other passionate people. But first, in our constant search for remarkable people, we wanted to share with you our conversation with Paul. Paul Laurie, welcome to Planet Beyond. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. Now, it's very easy, is it not, to Google Paul Laurie and have quite a decent summary of your life. But we've got you here. And it's so much better to hear it from you directly. So, maybe you could give us us your summary on where you've come from, what you've achieved and and where you are now. My father and my brother were both taxi drivers. And I worked for my dad when I was young. He had a, quite a big taxi company when I was young. So I would work in the garage and washing the cars, etc. And I played a lot of football when I was young. Um, I didn't play an awful lot of golf. So I took to golf a little bit later when it became very clear that I wasn't going to be Willie Miller or Gordon Strachan, who are my favorite Aberdeen footballers that I had to turn to something else. So I started playing golf. I turned pro when I was 17 years old, uh, five handicap. I was out playing at Bankery Golf Club, which is one of our local clubs here in the taxi, outing with my dad. And the pro saw me tee off the first tee and he asked my dad what what Paul was up to. And he said, well, he's, he's left school. He's not doing much. He's working at the garage. And he said, we've got an opening in the, in the pro shop for a junior assistant. Would he be keen, you know, on having a chat to me? And he said, well, you know, just go and chat to him when he finishes his round. So when I came off the course, my dad said, Douglas Smart, the pro, wants to have a word with you. Oh, all right. I thought, I wonder what that can be about. And I went in and he said, we've got an opening. Uh, would it be something you'd be keen on looking at? And I said, well, of course, but I'm a five handicap, Doug. I'm not, I'm not a golfer, really. I'm not very good. No, no, that's the legal limit for a turning pro with a PGA is five. And he said, let's have a game of golf next week at Merker, which is another local course. And we'll have a chat and we'll see, you know, what the story is. And uh, he offered me the job when we finished the round. So I started uh, 1st of April 1986 was the day that I turned pro with no intention of being a tour player. I didn't think I would ever be good enough to be able to earn a living from playing. My idea was to be a PGA club pro somewhere, teaching, serving the members, the sort of stuff that you do, which I would have been more than happy doing. But then when I did turn pro, I started kind of working pretty hard at my game, morning, afternoon and night, and I got pretty good pretty quickly. And it became pretty clear within the first sort of two years, really, that I was capable of you know, winning money by playing golf full time. 
did all my qualifications for four years at Bankery, got myself qualified, then started playing full-time, played quite a lot in the PGA region, did well in that, won the Ordre Merit, won the money list, and then got on tour. And, you know, it's amazing how confidence just comes to you. you. You get on a winning streak. It doesn't matter what level you're winning at. Winnings obviously gives you more confidence and more confidence and, you know, off I went. So in a nutshell, that's kind of my early, early life. It doesn't matter what level you're winning at. Winning gives you more and more confidence. Wonderful stuff. And you went on to win a thing or two, didn't you? Uh, not bad. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd like to have won more, but I'm extremely proud of, you know, what what we achieved. And it's not just me, you know, that achieved it. There's a lot of people behind the scenes and coaches, caddies, psychologists. My wife has been there every step of the way, obviously, and, and been amazing um, help and influence on me. So it's not just me, but yeah, I, I won eight European Tour events. I won 15 tournaments in total, played in two Ryder Cups. So yeah, playing side has obviously been, you know, not not as good a career as a lot of people, but a way better career than I thought um, I would have, and a career that we're all, you know, pretty proud of, to be honest. We'll go on later to talk about the Paul Laurie Foundation. But before we get there, I can't help thinking that your story sort of gets to success quite easily. And, well, I would have thought it wouldn't have been that easy. There would have been sacrifices made, a lot of tough moments, a need for discipline amongst the daily distractions. Can you just share with us your winning mindset, how you achieved what you achieved? Well, my, my, it was quite simple for me, really. Um, I knew that my golf game wasn't good enough to get on tour when I turned pro, so I knew I had a bit of work to do there. So I made sure that I hit balls before I started work in the morning. I used my lunch hour to have a quick bowl of soup and then hit balls for the rest of that time. I played golf or practiced every night after work. I put in an unbelievable amount of work uh, to kind of get myself to a reasonable level. Um, I wasn't a natural golfer when I was young. I wasn't a Rory McIlroy who got his tour card and his first two starts on the main tour. That was never going to be my path to where I wanted to go. Um, and I've always, I've always. I don't mind a bit of hard work, you know. I've always get stuck into stuff. It's not something that I'm not a boy that kind of, oh, I don't fancy that. Or if there's a job to do, man, I'm in there, you know, no problem. So I was sitting, I was sitting a thousand balls a day is what I was doing as well as chipping, putting and kind of going to the gym. I wasn't a massive gym guy, but I was going to the gym sort of two, three, four times a week just to kind of take over on that. But a thousand balls a day, if you lay a thousand balls a day out in front of you on a driving range, that's 10 buckets of a hundred balls. That's a lot of balls. If you're, if you're capable of doing that, and I was doing that five or six days a week and having one or two days off, 
Um, if you're going to do that for a length of time, you're going to improve if you're working at stuff that you need to work at. So I wasn't scared. I had a bit of a desire. I've always had a, a big heart. I've always been good at certain situations. I'm not a panicker. I'm not a boy that gets stressed out about stuff. If things are not going well, I just hit 2,000 balls the next day as opposed to thinking, right, this is not for me. You know, I'm a roll the sleeves up kind of guy, get it done. Uh, and that's what you've got to do if you want to get yourself to any sort of level um, in the game. And different people get there different ways. Colin Montgomery was never a massive practicer. He never really changed his swing much. Colin, he was a natural player. He stands up and he hits it and he's a wonderful world-class player. So there's loads of different ways to do it. But he was still working at his game. He was still hitting loads of balls, but just not as much as maybe myself or Podrick or Vijay Singh was hitting. Because I think Podrick and Vijay are similar to me where they kind of hit a lot of balls and kind of dug it out of the dirt, as they call it, when there's somebody's a, a practicer. You're still playing with a win in the, the European Senior Masters last year, but, but your other big passion has been, of course, developing the Paul Laurie Foundation, which you set up with your wife, Marianne. Part of the success of the foundation has come from you acting as a role model for young golfers. Did it seem like a natural step as you moved up to the seniors? Well, we, we wanted to start the foundation while I was still a current player. That was very important. Um, I wanted the, the children to see that he, man, he's playing 25 to 30 tournaments all around the world. He practices hard, he's got corporate commitments, he's got sponsors to look after. And here he is on a Sunday walking around the golf course with us, encouraging us to take up golf. That was extremely important to me at that time. I wanted to, it would have been easy to have done it now when I'm 50 plus years of age and I maybe don't do as much as I used to do and I've got time to do that. I didn't want that. So that's why we started it when we did. We wanted to start it before 2001, but it just takes a bit of time to get everything set up and get the wheels in motion. Uh, it's a big thing to start. It's not something that you just start in five minutes. There was a lot of things we had to do and get it done right. My wife and I are at most events uh, throughout the year for the foundation at some point in time, either checking them in, handing out their water, you know, watching them play, and putting the sponsors' banners out, helping the two boys that run, you know, the foundation for us. It's very important that we're there, our name's on it, so it's important that it's done the way that we want it done. So we're very hands-on. Both of our boys came through the foundation. Obviously, Craig and Michael are both golfers. Uh, Craig was a pro for nine years. He's just recently kind of stopped playing full-time and works for our sports agency now, and Michael plays off plus one. So the boys were both, you know, good players and came through the foundation, so... It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of work, as you can imagine, but it's unbelievably gratifying when you see some people coming through it and you see the kids joining golf clubs and being out in the fresh air and playing sport. It's great to see. There's a similar approach to the way you developed your own skills and the way you're helping promote the sport to young people. You're getting in there, doing the hard work. Now... Do you, do you want to share some of the successes the Foundation has had? Well, it, the Foundation 
is ideally is for getting kids into golf clubs because golf clubs were struggling at the time. We want to try and do that. But now and again, you have kids that come through and they show a lot of promise and they go on to turn pro and do well. David Law would be one of those. David started playing in our tournaments when he was 12 or 13. And he went on to, he, he won his fifth event as a European tour holder in Australia. My wife and I were sitting up, it was about five o'clock in the morning, our time, watching him win, you know, a European tour event. I mean, it's just incredible to think that this kid has came through everything that we've done, all the coaching, all the tournaments, and he goes on to win on the European tour and you're sitting watching it. Amazing, really, things like that. Now, it's not for that, the foundation, but when things like that happen, that's a nice feeling when you're sitting there watching someone who you've involved with, who you kind of have helped. Now, okay, it's been all about David and David's the one that's done the work and David's family and whatever, but you know, we played a small part of that and to sit there and watch him do it, man, it doesn't get much better than that, you know, to be fair. And I guess there's probably been a thousand smaller moments which have been amazing in their own ways with some of the children, groups of children, coming through your foundation. I mean, another one, Sam Locke. Sam won the Scottish Amateur. Um, he was wearing our logo, our foundation logo, when he won the Scottish Amateur. He won the silver medal at Canusti in the Open in 2018, the first Scot to have done that for about five years, wearing our logo. You know, I was down with him, walked around. I wasn't playing that week because I was injured. I had a sore foot. And I did the practice round with him on the Tuesday, walked around the course, did some work with him on the course with the notes and where to hit it and how to play, and off he went and won the silver medal. You know, from the foundation, amazing. And we've had, you know, there's countless times when you go and you watch a kid hit a shot and you just think, wow, how impressive is that? This kid standing up and just boom, on the green, puts the club in the bag, gets the putter out and off he goes with his little cocky little walk. I mean, it's just magic to see what these kids are capable of doing. Often, when we want to think about how we can make a contribution, maybe a difference, it's best to start with the skills we have and the community we live in. You've been very focused on your own Grampian region in the, the northern part of Scotland. Why was that important? And, and how are you seeing other members of the golfing world support their own communities? Yeah, I think pretty much there's, there's people doing what we do up here. And again, we had, we had probably an opportunity to spread out a little bit and go to different parts, uh, certainly of Scotland. Uh, and I, I kind of wanted to concentrate on where we're from. I think people relate to that a little more. And I think a lot of companies like to help out the kids that are from where their company's from as in sponsorship. So I've always found that pretty easy to go to people and say that the money that you're giving me is going to be spent in this area. I think that's important to a lot of the companies that I deal with. So that, that wasn't the main reason, but we, I'm from here. I was born here. I was brought up here. And my job is to help kids from this area. That's our job. Somebody else's job is to help kids in Glasgow or Edinburgh or Birmingham or London. We didn't feel that that was kind of our turf, as it were. Not that I'm against kids coming through. From We want kids to come through from everywhere. I mean, well, why not? But Stephen Gallagher does a great job in Edinburgh. I know Robert Rock has got a tour and does a great job in the Midlands area. 
And there'll be other people and players and people who do a great job in other parts of the UK helping kids golf. There's a lot of people who work pretty hard to try and bring junior golfers through, which is fantastic. With all this effort, let's say at the grassroots, are we in a good place? Does the future look bright for British golfing? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think we, well, obviously I can only speak for Scotland. We, we had a little bit of a tough spell for a while. There weren't many coming through and we seem to be struggling to get the players turning from amateur to pro and continuing their, their kind of rise. They were all really good amateurs and then when they turned pro, there was a bit of a struggle. But I think at the moment we've got quite a few, you know, that are coming through who are all capable of winning and most of them have won. You know, I spoke about David Law, you know, you look Grant Forrest, Bob McIntyre, Callum Hill, all these guys, Connor Syme, all these guys are capable of winning and have won, you know, on the European Tour. So I think our game is in reasonable health in Scotland. And, you know, we had Connor Graham, who's a young 16-year-old, who's the youngest ever Walker Cup player a few weeks ago. He's one of our ambassadors at our foundation. Callum Scott is another foundation ambassador who played in the Walker Cup from Nairn. So two of the Scottish lads who were in the Walker Cup both represent our foundation and we both help them out financially. So I think the game is in pretty good nick. I don't think it's a, an issue at the moment. But, you know, they need to kind of come through and start winning regularly and try and win on the biggest stage, which is winning a major or winning the Ryder Cup is the next step, all of these players. And what is your next step at the foundation? We'll just continue doing what, what we're doing. We, we're, we're absolutely loving it at the minute. One of our players, you know, Kylie Henry, has a new girls' invitational that we are look, we're doing for her. Um, the foundation have stepped in to, you know, pay all the costs. It's free entry. There's free food for every competitor, which is obviously, you know, supported by Fugro. Uh, Kylie has a deal with them. That was very important to Fugro when they signed Kylie. That we had a girls' event uh, in her name, which is the first one that we've done out with my name. We've got plans to do, you know, one with David Law in Aberdeen as well. And I think it's important for the kids to see these golfers up close and to be able to chat to them and spend the day with them and the, the professional watch them play a little bit of golf and hand out the prizes and get pictures taken and selfies. And it just makes kids, it's exciting for kids to see, you know, these players up close and get to chat to them. So we're going to do quite a bit more of that in, in the coming years. Fantastic. And that event with Kylie Henry, we'll be sharing that special day with you in the next full episode of Planet Beyond, as we continue our mini focus on how we all help build routes to success for girls and women. I'm really looking forward to that. Well, Paul, thank you for taking time to talk to us today. It's been a real pleasure. You're, you're doing amazing work. And I think a lot of us can learn from the rigor and the discipline, the hard work that you've put into building your own skills and in building the foundation. Thank you, Paul. Absolute pleasure.
Lovely to talk to you. All the best. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, be safe, be remarkable, be the difference.